0: Welcome to a new episode of The Devil's New. I am your host, Carl Duty. With me is a man who once beat Dr. Strange in a game of operation, Mr. Lou Celestino. Hello,
1: hello, he did not stand a chance. He did. Shake nod. Shakey head, yes. Dr. Doctor, do I Oh, no, 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 I, I'm, I have steady, more or less, let's Yes, that, that's that's, that's, that's and Blakely uh, Saddles. Yes, more like that, yeah. yeah. Uh, he has shaky
0: hands, as you'll find out in the movie when it comes out. Yes, come November. But uh, yeah, our theme song, are there... I know that you were the composer. I am. Well done, sir. Thank you. Were there other musicians involved in that that we have not... We have shamefully not credited up no. to this point? There were not? It was no, all you? That's all me. The bass and the drums and everything, all you?
1: That's correct, sir. You are Uh,
0: a man of many talents.
1: Well, let's be clear. Drums are easy uh, because with modern technology, you can just program them, which I do. So
0: So I couldn't even play drums in rock bands. Uh, I I, I can do a 4-4
1: beat, and that's it. (laughs) Okay. So I just programmed uh, the drums using some uh, awesome software that, uh, you know, as a musician, I have to have for demoing purposes. uh, Cool. As you can see, this is half of my array of instruments in the office here.
0: Your your guitar, including setup a bass, is not unlike Iron Man's Hall of Armors. There are many, and they are all different.
1: Um. Yeah, and like I said, this is half of them. Yes. So uh, the other half are kind of more of the stage guitars. These are more of the jammy guitars.
0: I have a couple friends with the guitar fetishes. Yeah, yeah. You don't
1: stop at one, buddy. No, 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 no. <laughs> There's a lot of great memes out there where, uh, like, it's the picture of Ray Liotta from from Goodfellas Goodfellas, laughing hysterically, and it says, I got another guitar, and she said, are you going to sell the other one?
0: (laughs) He's just laughing. Yes, that's correct. Uh, Here we are again, folks. Thank you for joining us. How was your week, sir? Uneventful. Nothing wrong with that. (laughs) You know what? You need... Like, when you're busy all the time, especially during the summertime, a lot of us tend to get really, really busy. Yes. You need that down week of nothing.
1: Eh, I, I like to be productive, so when I'm not, I feel crummy.
0: Yeah, but you got to learn to just, like, stop, take a breath, yeah, yeah. and then move forward
1: again. Yeah, true, true, true. A lot of uh, a lot of wrestling this week. I went to WWE SmackDown on Tuesday, and that was after watching Battleground on Sunday and then Raw on Monday, it was the first uh raw post uh draft. They split the roster in, in half, basically. So okay. half the guys go on Raw, half the guys go on SmackDown. Uh, raw was fantastic. I I can't believe I'm saying that. And then Smackdown that we attended, it was the first uh, SmackDown post draft and every you know, everything everything is new and we're gonna do new things and yeah and it was just happened to be here in good old Buffalo, New York. Ooh. Um, not as good as Raw. <laughs> I kind of know what show I'll be watching and which one I will not, which is a bummer.
0: What a, what, just a quick question. What do those tickets go for nowadays?
1: Ooh, for nosebleeds? Not nosebleeds. You know, 300 levels up there. Probably 30 bucks. That's not bad. That's not bad. You ringsides? Oh, boy. Oh, open do, up that wallet, son. What do ringsides go for? Uh, north of 500 probably closer to Jeez. a grand. Yeah. I my dream is to have like ringside for a, a pay-per-view of some kind someday. Yeah. But on Saturday for instance, I went to uh Toronto for uh, a Chikara wrestling event. Chikara is a promotion out of I believe Philadelphia. Very comedic style, um kid friendly, no one's allowed to swear, uh but all the and all the gimmicks are pretty goofy, but it's fun. It's it's pretty all it's right. a, it's a cool yeah. event. Um and uh tickets to that we had ringside ringside and i say when i say ringside dude i'm talking i i like was as
0: close and other men sweat i was as close brow. to the ring <laughs> as i am to you right now wow yes uh it
1: was awesome
0: just to just to give the audience an idea it's roughly what five
1: feet if that yeah probably three to four feet away um in the first match at the, at the at, well to be fair the room was like it was at a community center and the room was like you know the size of my living room essentially my my, my back living room there that was the size of the venue with the ring in the middle of it. <laughs> oh. oh dear and uh, probably 100 people tops yeah and um in the first match i had you know ringside and uh the gentleman uh he he's some kind of goblin he he a he goes green goblin no red and black but he yeah. was hobgoblin action spilled to the outside and he points at me and he says you give me your chair and i said okay <laughs> yes sir and then my chair was then used in a uh in a spot as they call it did you get it back it broke and then the kind folks get a replacement i did the kind folks at chikara wrestling gave me a new chair and they were very they were very friendly the chikara guys they were they were great cool that was so basically saturday went to wrestling sunday watched wrestling monday watch wrestling tuesday watch wrestling wednesday watch wrestling because he last was nxt in the the cruiserweight classic the cwc as we call it. Uh, it was also wednesday so that was my whole week and i'm I need a breather from the wrestling.
0: See, it it was still though an an eventful weekend.
1: I guess it was. I tend to take it for granted, I suppose.
0: And an eventful weekend coming up. Big party your place tomorrow. Yes, Excited about that. Yes, the annual summer barbecue.
1: It's uh, it started off as a birthday party, and I guess it still kind of is. But uh, you know, it's just a big excuse to get all my friends together and eat and drink and be merry.
0: Yeah, I do one of those every year too. So there you see.
1: see? So yep. for for the for the out of towners, they might not understand. In Buffalo, you got to embrace those weekends in the summer cuz yeah. they are rare.
0: You take the weekends you can get. Yep.
1: Do well, stuff because you know, we'll I, be shut we'll be shut in under snow and cold before you know it.
0: Eh. I think we're kind of in the cycle now where we're having really hot summers and mild winters. And that's usually about a 5 year cycle. We're about we're about 3 years into that. Don't well. forget a couple winters ago man when it
1: didn't get above 20 degrees for about a good 60 days God, and then the whole region dude, ceiling, so the, the every ceiling in the region imploded including mine
0: well i feel bad for your ceiling but i i prefer winter to, to summer so oh that's just, yeah,
1: really you're a you're, you're a masochist sir how was your week in the sweltering summer that you clearly don't enjoy
0: <laughs> i didn't say i didn't enjoy it i just have a <laughs> preference and that is winter um it was another kind of blah week when you're when you have to work two extra hours a day going at six in the morning it kind of kills your motivation for doing anything for the rest of the week. Um, mm-hmm. I was supposed to go over to a friend's house the other night because they wanted to watch the extended cut of Batman vs Superman oh. with with someone who'd never seen it before, oh. and I kind of wanted to go because I was I was interested to see how you fix an overstuffed movie by adding four, four or five minutes to it, <laughs> um, but like. By the time we got... To, like, I felt bad. I was like, guys, I can't. Because I sat at home. I started, like, reading some of my comics from the previous day. I was falling asleep right there and the chair reading the
1: comics. No, I sympathize.
0: So, fortunately, next week, no overtime. So, I will probably be more... Happy dance? Happy dance. Happy dance. Doing the dance. So, I will probably be more opt-for activities. So, hopefully, next week will be a more active week. Cool. Cool. So we got a great episode lined up. Um, we know, got, we hope, we got some <laughs> some news to go over. We got mm. a review, mm. and we've got, of course, an episode of the awesome show Daredevil to go over.
1: You know the whole linchpin of the series. Here yeah, here yeah, that the whole the whole
0: <laughs> the whole hook as they call it, to to get you in, to listen to us. Indeed. And if you listen to us and enjoy the show and want to find out more about the show, want to find out more about us, or want to help us promote the show... That's important. Let me say that last part again. Help us promote the show... You can reach us on social media at the following sources. If you're on Twitter, you can follow us at Do pod. You can also follow myself at the real big d o o d y. And if you want, you can follow, you can like our Facebook page and retweet our twitters and share our posts on Facebook at facebook.com/devilsdopod. Or, if you like, you can email us (gasps) at thedevilsdopod at gmail.com. Normally, this is the point where we make the joke about not ever getting any emails, and it's dead art. Wait. We got an email! Holy God. Dude, we got an email.
1: I feel like this is the point we should have, like, wacky radio morning show sirens and buzzers going off kind of like that
0: we got an email from a listener by name of jay Gelsimino and he sent in some questions hey i know that guy we both know that guy he's a quality individual we love him both we love him very much and we appreciate you listening to the show jay and spreading the word about the show by the way please spread the word about the show mm-hmm but he sends in some questions, and dear listeners, if you're out there, if you have some questions for us, whether it be regards to comics or, as you will see from this, as regards to anything else, we're more than happy to address them here on the air. Send us our, your questions at whatever source you like. Um, well, we, will, we will start with the questions directed to you, sir. Oh, there are, God. There are two questions each for each of us. Oh, uh, the first question here. I didn't know there'd be a test. For Mr. J Amino Jel- is, Drew, huh. do you have an EasyPass tag? No. All right.
1: Good answer. No, I don't. All right. I am not that frequent uh, through toll. I, I avoid
0: tolls if I can. All right. Good answer. Second question. Drew. Yes. Do you like black licorice? No.
1: Hate it, actually.
0: You, you, are, you are probably in the majority of people who are under 65 years yeah, I, old.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely age delineated. When it comes to that. To be fair... I am slowly, slowly, mind you, being more tolerant of anise and, um, I guess, anise and uh, Thai basil, which both of which are sort of black licorice flavors. Okay. But not black
0: licorice. No, sir. Red rope or bust? Gotcha. I will allow you to ask me the questions. Okay. Just for diversity. Uh, these, are, these are important
1: questions, actually. Okay. Hard-hitting. Jay doesn't pull any punches. Gotcha. Carl, what is your favorite food? Hmm.
0: I'm going to say probably disco fries. I don't L- know what that is. A little bit but of explanation. Okay. Uh, back when I was in college in the uh, White Plains, Niagara, I went to Nyack College. Uh, a bunch of us would always drive down to Poughkeepsie, never already did it diner to for something called disco fries which is basically it's not anything original it's a plate of french fries on top of gravy with melted cheese on top of it that's called poutine i came to know it as disco fries uh, then <laughs> that is how i shall forever call
1: it the nation of canada mourns for your incorrectness all right next question well, get over they don't care they're can they're canadian uh carl yes can i borrow a post-it note
0: Hmm. that's too personal a question I don 't want to answer it you don't have to your right. show you don't have hey to. listener questions. Look at that. We will be more than happy to answer your questions unless they 're of an extremely personal nature like that. Last one was again, send us questions but we'll don't be afraid to there. ask yeah, don't be afraid to ask. you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don 't take yes, I believe Dude. um someone said that once someone did say that once all righty awesome okay we've got some news so we're going to open up the case files mm. as we discussed in our last episode we uh we record on friday nights and last week friday uh san diego comic-con was just starting. correct and we had netflix just kind of went early <laughs> like a 16 year old kid almost on prom prematurely night. if you will <laughs> like a 16 year old kid on prom night netflix was in done over but it didn't stop there. No. 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 So we got a lot of cool stuff from Comic-Con. At the time this episode comes out, stuff stuff's going to be about two weeks old, so we're not going to deep dive into all of it. We're just going to hit on the big ones. Uh, probably two biggest panels at Comic-Con are the Marvel Studios panel mm-hmm. and the DC panel. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll start with DC, because they went first. Um, I follow on Twitter and... Fingers crossed. Hope to one day possibly get him on the show, Mr. Mark Bernardin. That'd be fun. Um, he, You can hear him on the Kevin Smith, Fat Man on Batman podcast. He's a well-versed gentleman, very knowledgeable, knows what he's talking about. And He tweeted that the overall sense of the Warner Brothers movie, the DC Warner Brothers movie panel, the overall feel of it was course correction. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why they would do which, that. Which... I think we can both agree is desperately needed when it comes to DC movies.
1: Yes. Oh, God, yes.
0: Man of Steel, while in my opinion not a bad movie, was not the movie we were hoping for tonally in pretty much every other sense. I think Henry Cavill is a really great Superman. I'd like to see him as Superman in a movie where he has more to do other than mope and pout. And kill. And kill. Yes. Sorry, we're sticklers for the and, whole... No and, and drop thing. F-bombs. He called, he called them a mother... Anyway. Well, you know, if someone was, was jacking with your mom like I know, that, I know. I digress. You'd be a little pissed off, too. <laughs> um, Batman versus Superman was a hot mess. Uh, just... Missed the characters completely, uh, just drab, depressing, and just. And I've said this before: if you take the superhero aspect out of the films completely, it's still a bad movie. Like it's just <laughs> not a well assembled film. Zack Snyder, my friend, he made. He knows how to make pretty pictures.
1: It, it visually, visually, fine? yeah. But in I terms like, of
0: constructing a film. And, and this, yeah. may, this may be heresy to you, because I know you hold the story very near and dear to your heart. I liked his Watchmen. I like 300. I
1: like 300, but 300 is light on story, heavy on action, mission accomplished. Watchmen, here's where I will give credit to Zack Snyder.
0: Because you read Watchmen religiously once a year. I
1: do. Yes, I do. This is a thing that happens. I know Watchmen inside and out. I've probably forgotten more about Watchmen than most people will ever know. And I'm not trying to be cocky. It's just that's the level yeah, of... Yeah care that I put into reading Watchmen. I'm that way. with The Dark Knight Returns. I will say that it is as good a Watchmen movie, or as faithful, I should say, a Watchmen movie that you could have ever hoped for, but as a result of that, it's also not the best movie that you could have hoped for, which is a weird, (sighs) he did the best that could have been done, Okay. Given, given the environment that that movie has been in. Through its history of production over the years, yeah. it's a miracle we even got what we got, and the fact that we got something faithful, I'll take it.
0: What were uh, I don't want to go too far off on tangent. With no, this. please. Uh, <laughs> just a real quick question because we've never actually discussed like you and I uh, watching the film. What were your thoughts on the change to the ending? Uh, Personally, I felt it worked because the it, comic book ending I don't think would have it, it would have been kind of hopeless on thing, the screen.
1: It it works. It, yeah.
0: They didn't change it to something
1: terrible they it works um but frankly i i am a stickler for authenticity and i wanted the big dead squid i wanted the big dead squid but not just that um there's something detached about giant craters whereas the ending of the comic was bodies in the street and grotesque from a purely visceral standpoint um i don't know i think that would have had more of an impact as an ending but but the way they went about the change i felt was um it's it's it worked, yeah. I don't, I wouldn't prefer it, but it did work, and I have okay. no real problem with it.
0: All right, cool. Um, so is the uh, the Warner Brothers panel, uh, there were two things that were expected. One thing that was rumored, uh, two things that were expected, obviously, were Suicide Squad because that comes out next week, um, mm-hmm. and uh, Wonder Woman because they had already shown some footage on that on Wonder television. Still the best superhero television theme song ever. Better than the Better than Batman? Yes. Yes. Wow. You just jam to it. You can't. Oh yeah, it jams. It's the seventies, man. It was funkadelic. Yeah. Um so we got some additional Suicide Squad stuff. The whole cast was there. They promoed that. Um I'm gonna go see it.
1: You Let me know about that. Yeah. I'm I mean, not excited. At
0: I all. noticed that when it comes to Films with characters that I haven't been following for a very long time. But characters. you have less invested. Yeah. I, I don't have as much skin in the game, so yeah. I'm more open to it. Um. So, yeah, there was obviously that happened. And then they dropped the Wonder Woman trailer mm-hmm. on us. Wonder Woman looks friggin' awesome. Looks pretty good. It looks... Because I said the only thing that really got me excited from Batman versus Superman was Wonder Woman. Because they got <laughs> Wonder Woman right. And it, this trailer looks solid. Looks like they're carrying that on. Um, action looks good. Character looks good. Strong female uh, role model character out there. Uh, it just it looked really solid. Obviously, the trailer's out there. You can find it any number of places. But... I'm excited for Wonder Woman. I, I really think this film is going it, to, it's kind of like, you know, how Marvel set their standard with Iron Man. Maybe whether, this will be the whether, new, th- the flag bearer I'm hoping, kind of thing. I'm hoping because I want DC films to be good because if DC makes good films, then Marvel's not going to get lazy because competition breeds quality. Usually. So I want Wonder Woman to be good. It looks like it's going to be good. What are your thoughts on it? It
1: looked good. I, I don't know. It looked better than Batman versus Superman. Um, and not to you know just because <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk about it in a second. I thought it was the best trailer that uh, they showed at Comic Con. Okay. All right. And I still don't know if Gal Gadot can act. The best. But DC she. Trailer. Yes, correct, sure. correct, 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 correct. Um, but she looks the part, Having and 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 the movie looks. It, as a movie it looks intriguing and interesting and the trailer made me go like huh i might go see that all yeah. right oh, w- you know what screw it i will go see it
0: you heard it here first folks um well having seen her as a character in batman v superman be it limited very she, limited she could definitely act she's got she's got she had a, a couple lines let's let's got, let's wait let's wait to we see she's some she's got scenes. a good grasp on the character we'll see all right so next thing they did, which was a bit of a surprise, because we all knew this film was coming, but we didn't think that we we're gonna we thought maybe the cast was gonna show up wave and then disappear.
1: They've done that before.
0: Yeah. Um they dropped a picture of the Justice League on us, which I think is falls within the realm of expectations at mm. a con. The the full like league assembled first like official promo shot of the picture. mm mm-hmm. <sighs> I really don't like the Flash.
1: I costume. hate the Flash costume. I'll say it. I don't care. I, I hate it.
0: I it looks don't terrible. Like it. I don't like terrible. I don't terrible. Like the fact that it's not all red. Cuz the Flash, you know, like he should wear
1: black, shouldn't he?
0: I mean, you know, I don't like, like the fact he does. that that's
1: armor. When you think of fast, you think of armor. Yeah. I mean the Yeah, I'm with you here. I thought well, he looks he looks terrible. Abysmal. I mean,
0: yeah, like when you when you look at the costume, and I know you're not as much fan as I am, but when you look at the costume from the television series, I don't like the I don't like that one either. But it's better. It's better. Still it's like, better. <laughs> like when they first unveiled it, you're like, oh, why is the symbol red and not white? Well, it's sure. white now, so you know, stop yeah, okay. your complaining about that. But it looks like yes, it's a slightly heavier material, um, but it still looks like something that. He can run. A running. character like that would use not freaking battle armor. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, 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 uh.
1: Here's the a, here's a, here's a, here's a reason why. I think the Flash's costume in the comics is, like, one of the coolest costumes in comics.
0: Yeah, it's not... It's super cool. Looking. It's not a super complicated design. No, that's it's, why it's great. Yeah, it's very base, and... So, naturally, they just
1: overcomplicate the crap out of it for yeah. this Justice League movie. Okay, anyway, so, you were saying...
0: Everyone else, I mean, everyone else in the Justice League picture looked hard. Cyborg is the first, like, Cyborg we saw. Cyborg looks fine. Yeah. It's a character who kind of doesn't have, like, a solid design. He's pattern. adaptable, because he, he's Yeah, he's machine. adaptable. Um, I wasn't super crazy about Aquaman from kind of the waist up, the whole armor thing he was wearing. I, you know what I thought, you know, what I was hoping they would have used. Was I thought they really nailed the design of the character in the actually the Injustice fighting game, first one they came out with, because it wasn't just the. You
1: have to familiar. I, I haven't classic, seen it, but
0: I'll show you a picture later. Sure. It wasn't just like the classic green and orange it was little Mm -hmm. things here little things there made it look more kingly um
1: yeah the the current incarnation isn't exactly regal
0: (laughs) yeah i'm okay Um, with jason momoa i think he's gonna do a he'll be fine job at it um but so we saw the picture you know batman's your wonder when we've seen all that before and then they showed not really a trailer but what's called a sizzle reel it's kind of a trailer. It's kind of a trailer, but it's a little longer, and they showed they pre. It was pretty much an introduction, better than the one they did in the Batman vs Superman, that's for sure. Um, well, because when, yeah, it was I, an introduction I, to the characters we hadn't seen yet. That,
1: and it was also
0: an introduction to the. Hey,
1: look! We're course correcting our tone. We have forty percent more jokes. We're actually doing, more we're like seventy percent stripes. Yeah, more like seventy yeah. percent. Okay, so let's get this out of the way cuz I just I just All right. All right, look. I was not impressed in the slightest. Here's why. The Wonder Woman trailer number 1, I think set a, a bar. They're like, "Oh, pretty good." Yeah, okay. Then this Justice League sizzle reel comes out. Now, I'm going to tell you up front. DC Warner Brothers has not earned a single benefit of of the doubt when it comes to this this stuff. No. No. So, the criticism has been it's, they're too dark, they're too dreary, and frankly, as they're you no stated, fun. as you stated with Batman vs. Superman, it's just a poorly constructed film. So they got problems. Yeah. Well, they clearly took some of that to heart because now everyone's quippy and jokey, and hey, we're snappy dialogue. And yeah. now here's where the criticism is going to come in. From me, you might think, well, that's what they're doing. What they what you wanted? Isn't that what you wanted? Well. Kind of But like No one likes desperation No No yeah. no one likes to You know No one likes to Reek of desperation No one likes No one likes the desperate guy In the room You know what I'm saying yeah,
0: yeah. So No one likes the woman Who sits outside your dorm room window Staring no, at you
1: No And ladies don't like the guys That just come off desperate Yeah You're either cool and confident Or you're not And if you're not You're probably Going to be on the outside Looking in So And this is going to tie into another Okay so suicide For instance Suicide squad Right the original trailer for that movie was, like, I don't know, fairly stock.
0: Yeah, that the, really, didn't really stand well, out. or anything. Well, someone in the Warner Brothers offices
1: must have saw Guardians of the Galaxy at some <laughs> point between that trailer and now, because yep. now the whole ad campaign
0: is, hey, Guardians of the Galaxy, we got funky music, too, from the 70s, and we're going to market it that way. And the funny thing is that darker, more somber tone would actually work with Suicide Squad.
1: We haven't seen the movie. We don't know... What it feels like as a yeah. movie, but but I'm just I'm just saying from an advertising perspective. Come on, man! I've seen this act before, and it's not yours; it's Real someone else's.
0: Real quick question: Yes, am I the only one who's noticed that the orb, a Marvel character, is in the Suicide Squad movie? Like oh, the, the big eyeball you, guy! Eyeball, yeah, I yes. saw him in the tree. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see him every once in a while. No I one, one knows what up, we're I'm talking like,
1: about right now, but I, I'm with you. Um, okay, so that's yeah. number one. I already feel like Warner Warner's is already being like. Uh, 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 um, um. like they're like principal mcvicker and Beavis and butthead like, oh! <laughs> like someone someone in the boardroom saw the returns from batman versus superman he's just yeah. like panic everyone panic what do we do well in my humble opinion what they've decided to do is just okay you know what we tried it our way didn't work just copy marvel yeah i don't say that as a marvel fanboy I say that as someone who is, has enjoyed what Marvel has done, and it's a proven winner. And now Warner Brothers is playing catch up. They tried doing two movies in their in their way. Yeah, didn't work out quite to their expectations. I'm not saying they failed, but they're not critically received very well. Fans don't seem to love them the way Marvel is is beloved. Yeah, and now they're in kind of scramble mode. So bringing this full circle to the Justice League sizzle reel, whatever trailer. They're, they're going for that Avengers snappy back and forth. Yeah. And then um, I have a question. I'm raising my hand. Why no, no, you is he in the front Why is Barry Allen Spider-Man?:
0: yeah, That's a good point.: I feel Spider-Man.: listen, I feel bad for Ezra Miller, because as soon as I saw him up on the screen as a fan, big fan of the television show, I'm like, "You're not the flash. <laughs> You're not Crank Gustin. So that guy's got a big hurdle to overcome, and I mean, I hope he nails it. I hope he does well. I see. The thing is, like, I don't want DC films to be just like Marvel films. Neither do I. They should I have their want, own kind of thing. Exactly. I want them to feel like DC. See this. Ter- this. Yeah, this is gonna. <laughs> this is gonna tie
1: into what we're going to review in a moment. Um, although I'm not sure if we're gonna have time. Actually, I don't know. Um,
0: we're at well, We'll get
1: it. We'll get get it. All right. I want DC to have their own tone. Yeah. Both in comics and in movies. And what they're doing in both right now, in my humble opinion, is wrong.
0: Uh, They're writing the ship in the comics.
1: Maybe now, but for 30 years now, it's been wrong. Since the mid-'80s, they've been chasing the wrong feel. Hmm. And it boiled. It look, put it this way. Yeah, it's put like, it this way. The flame has been on, and it boiled over when New Fifty Two launched.
0: Yeah, yeah. New Fifty Two uh, started out great, and then one in the tank pretty quickly.
1: So anyway, um, my so point hey, that's, being, that's
0: a whole conversation for another episode. Yeah, I'm um, with you. I,
1: I want that. I want them to have yeah. their own feel, their own tone. Um, we mi-
0: want these movies to be good,
1: right? Mythic and and, and big, but not violent and dark. And I think there, you know what I'm saying, like, yeah.
0: the, <laughs> like you can do violence with Mythic and Big and still make it work. You
1: don't have to though. I
0: don't want. Well, I say I, violence in the sense of like action.
1: Oh, sure, but I don't. But I'm, you know, they went grimdark. like, and yeah. uh, you know, um, I, I don't, I don't want that. And yeah, uh, I guess this might be a good segue, but maybe not. Segue
0: oh. into the uh, the lighter side of things, which came in the Marvel panel. Yeah. Um. Marvel gave us the goods as always. We got well. Hang on, they gave the people in San Diego the goods. Yeah, yeah, they didn't. I release haven't seen a anything. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't release a lot like they did last year. I don't understand why. At least DC gave us what they showed us. Yes, uh, Marvel props for
1: that, Warner Brothers. Marvel thank you.
0: released a doc, new Doctor Strange trailer, looks which good. was expected. Yep, looks great. Uh, with that, will be coming out in November. Um, Then we got the stuff that was shown from Guardians of the Galaxy Two, which is coming out next May. I
1: didn't see it, but I heard about any of
0: it. Yeah, they showed stuff. We've heard stories. Then they showed um, Thor, Thor Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok, Yes, they showed the Planet Hulk armor Um, that apparently Hulk is going to wear. That I actually have seen pictures mm, of. Um, That's exciting. Yeah, I'm excited for Thor Ragnarok. Um, did they sh- I know they brought the cast out. Did they show any footage of Black Panther? No. Oh. No, just cast. Which is funny because then they went and showed us footage of Spider-Man Homecoming, <sighs> which is further out in the release calendar than Black Panther is. Spider-Man Homecoming, everybody's saying the same thing. It feels like a John Hughes film. That's okay. Yeah, that's... I've never been crazy about the vulture, but at the same time Michael Keaton is apparently Dude, look, playing him. It's Michael Keaton. I know. I know. Playing yet another birdman.
1: Yes, but a but a villainous one this time. Yeah. Not then again, if you've seen Birdman, uh you could argue that the Birdman character was villainous as well in, in Birdman, but Yeah.
0: So, yeah, why didn't why can't we see the thing? I don't know. They they, they and I want to see the thing. I want to see the things too, man, really
1: badly actually, but uh Kurt Russell? Yes. For those of you who don't know, Kurt Russell is, like, the coolest guy in the world. Kurt Kurt Russell is who I want to grow up to be. (laughs) It's too late for that, my friend. (laughs) Kurt Russell is a manly, manly man, and he he is is playing Star-Lord's father in Guardians.
0: He's playing a character called Ego. The Living Planet. The Living Planet, who, as you cleared up to me, can shrink down to human form
1: in the movie apparently he can okay traditionally in the comics
0: no all right but again this is what we're talking about folks we're willing to give marvel that benefit of the doubt they've earned they, it yeah they've definitely earned it they cast kurt russell i am very does. okay with this very, they if, cast him as star lord's father and i was like just play jack burn i can. demand he just grow play
1: mustache burning as long as he's got a mustache, I'm all in because <laughs> Kurt Russell can grow a mustache. An ego has a mustache. Then we are we are off to the races here. Um, yeah, you, sounds great.
0: Did you see just quick side note before we wrap up news? They're doing a uh, Escape from L.A. meets Big Trouble in Little China comic book. Oh my gosh! It's it's Snake Plissken and Jack Burton teaming up.
1: Well, I hope it's Escape from New York, not Escape well, from L.A. Well, yeah, but Escape from New enough. York. Fair well, Unfortunately, it's the sequel.
0: Russell on Russell.
1: That's like like if Han Solo met Indiana
0: Jones. It's it's awesome. That's I can't wait for it. I'm very okay with this. So my question is: When is the uh, Doc Holiday Captain Ron oh, crossover, man. or the Overboard Captain Ron crossover? Um, hopefully soon. There's no reason it can't happen. Let's let's make it happen. Exactly. As I hit the microphone's hand. That's okay. We're going to close up the case files. Case files are closed. Case files are closed. Sorry, that was a good diversion there. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Now we have a review for you. Oh, boy. My week was not 100% uneventful. Uh, Monday of this week, I went to the theater with my friend Nate, and we saw the premiere of the new DC animated movie based on the Alan Moore and Brian Bolin classic the Killing Joke. Mm-hmm. Now, for those of you who are not aware, The Killing Joke came out in 1986. Mm,
1: I think it's 88. All right, But I could be wrong.
0: Between... in, in roughly late 80s. Yeah, mid to late 80s. Uh, this is the quintessential Joker story. Uh, this is the story that uh, addressed the character's origin for the first time, and... It's held up as one of the, like, all-time great comic book stories. I don't know if I'd say held up, but it, it is well-regarded. In my uh, opinion, it's held up. It's, you know, it's easily in the top five Batman stories of March all time. 1988, by the way. Okay. It's easily in the top five Batman stories of all time. Uh, you can probably make an argument of it being in the maybe top 20 comic stories of all time.
1: I would pump the brakes there, but...
0: For another episode. Yeah, definitely. So when they announced this movie, uh, DC, uh, I would say up until the past couple years, their animated movies have been on point. Their animated movies have been the the quality of films that Marvel is putting out in live action. They did a three-hour Dark Knight Returns animated film, and it was amazing. Uh, there was very little that was left out of that adaptation. So when they announced this, I had high hopes, though I was a little concerned because the book itself, The Killing Joke, is not a very long book. If you've read it before and you're not like fully digesting it, you can get through it in like 20 minutes easily. Sure. Um, so there was that kind of concern, and then they announced that they are doing it as an R-rated film, which I was happy about because the content of The Killing Joke is very mature, I mean, I'm not talking like porn here or anything, but well, it's, 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 it's a mature story. So, and all this is coming along, they get Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill to voice Batman Joker, who I'm sure we can both at least agree on this, are the quintessential voices for those characters. Absolutely. When we read the comics, those are the voices we hear in our heads. Yep, definitely. About a week... so before comic-con they announce about the additional material that's been put into it to extend the story when i say additional material i mean there's about a half an hour to 45 minute prologue before you actually get into the killing joke story itself
1: I've heard nothing but bad things about that prologue. Let's yeah. just put it that way. I'm not, I haven't seen this movie, so you can go ahead and tell yeah. me everything you want okay. to know. But, but, but the so, things I do know about it, boy, oh, boy, I'm not happy about.
0: The prologue focuses on Batgirl, and if you were to separate the prologue from the killing joke and say it is not part of a killing joke, it'd be really good. Because it's done by two of the driving forces behind the Batman animated series from the 90s. One of Bruce, them, not both of them. Two of them, Alan Burnett, was heavily involved ah, in that all series. All
1: right, I thought you were going to say Bruce Timm, Alan Paul Dini is over at Marvel now. So.
0: Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, Bruce Timm and Alan Burnett. Uh, this was kind of put together, again, to extend the narrative and give some background. Not really necessary in this case, but as if you take it separate from the killing joke, it's a decent little Batman tale. Okay, so the story focuses around Batman and Batgirl investigating movements in organized crime families. There's some good action to it. Uh, The the big sticking point in this additional material to this is that there is a, error finger quotes, sex scene between Batman and Batgirl. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we needed that. Yeah, it's not... The world's been dying for that. It's not absolutely necessary. I don't have as much the problem with it that everyone has because this is something they've alluded to a lot in the previous animated series incarnations that doesn't mean it's good i know doesn't I know. mean
1: you draw from that material i
0: i understand why people are not happy about it being in there it's not captain mess- america was a wolf werewolf ones <laughs> that doesn't mean we're gonna put it into into a story now dude i would totally read that story oh um yeah, it's over and done. I think up until the point of that scene, Batgirl is being accurately betrayed. After that scene, eh, they kind of lose the character a little bit.
1: Okay, let yep. me let me interject a moment. Killing Joke is a good story. The biggest criticism leveled at it is that Batgirl is treated terribly in it. I mean, the comic book. Okay, not, not okay. let's put the prologue aside. I'm talking about the core story. And that's a very valid criticism. She's
0: barely in it.
1: And when she is in it, what does she do? She gets shot. She gets shot, and she, she gets basically raped by the Joker, just so they can service the narrative between Batman and the Joker. It does, it's, it's terrible. It's horrible. You're, you know the comic book term, women in refrigerators? Perhaps you've heard of that, where women in comics are basically just objects that get maimed or killed to further the means of the men in the, in the books? It's a trope for a reason, because it happens all the time, okay. because women in comics are often reduced to this role. They are there to suffer just to push along the story for the male protagonist or whatever. And unfortunately, I, I mean, and, and just in the name of equality and being fair and balanced here, Marvel's as guilty, Matt Murdock's many loves, yeah. uh, no spoilers, but let me just assure you, suffer this fate where they are put through the ringer. In service to the story about Matt and his villains, so they have no real agency. They have no real—they're—they're they're a prop. Yeah, that's not right. That's messed up. I agree. And the biggest criticism of the Killing Joke is that Batgirl, Barbara Gordon, was just there as a prop to further the story, and then she's forgotten as soon as she gets shot, and Batman sees her, and you know, after that, she's gone. She's out of the out of the picture. Now, some people will say, "Well, good came out of it because she became Oracle and awesome after that." That happened in spite of what happened to her that is it was it was a fix of a horrible mistake that was made just and again context matters here when alan moore asked if he could do it len wine the editor of the killing joke quote said cripple the bitch these are the people that are creating these stories this is the this is the context we're talking about boy how 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 progressive and 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 even handed of you, Len. Thank Good job. And ironically, Len Wine, I actually do like his work. So that kind of pains me to say that. <laughs> that. That's messed. I've read good stuff from Len Wine. So, like, that's a terrible, terrible job, Len. Okay. So, that's your setup for the killing joke, where the biggest criticism leveled at is that Barbara Gordon is objectified and, and just, just a means to an end for Batman. Saying that you're going to put a first act on the story in the animated version to give her more to do, not more to do. I hate that that's reducing it. But then you know what? Screw it. Let's give her more to do to kind of make it look like we're you know progressive and stuff. So what is she? What is she in this prologue? She pines for Bat. So again, she's in service to Batman. It is again objectifying her. She has no real agency. Is she? I don't. I haven't seen the movie. I assume that she's treated well and capable as a crime fighter. But yes. Batman tells her no. And instead of like, you know, either rejecting him or whatever, they bone? Like what? Because like, why would that happen? That's, that's ridiculous on a, on a number of levels. But again, it just puts her in the shadow of Batman and it makes her less of a character. Also... Let's point out how creepy and weird it is, number one, that she would lust after the guy. Number two, that he would go through with this act. This is the guy who is the head of the family, if you will, the head of the Bat family. He's the big kingpin. He's the father of Robin, Tim Drake, Dick Grayson, Damian Wayne, Jason Todd, rest in peace. Uh, He's dead to me. Barbara Gordon, (laughs) um, the Bat family. And they are all kind of like his kids. Batman is also friends with Jim Gordon, his partner. Like, they're like, they're like this. I'm crossing my fingers right now. They're, they're, Jim Gordon and Batman are partners in the whole endeavor. So he's going to go ahead and, he's like he's like the uncle. He's like Uncle Bruce. No, no, let's, let's consummate here on the rooftop here. I'm not buying it, and I'm sorry. I think it just takes a bad, it takes the negative aspect of the killing joke and doubles down on it. And then they get and then and then when someone calls them on it at the pan, and again, this this all happened, folks, when someone called them on that at the panel at Comic-Con, Brian Azarello, the writer, called language on the show, folks, I'm sorry. He called the guy who asked the question a pussy because he asked if that was fair and if that was right. And look, man, <laughs> you, you got to do a better job. That's that's all I'm saying. No, I you got to You got to do a better job.
0: I'm not saying your perspective is wrong. I'm, I think you raise some very valid points. Uh, we don't necessarily see eye-to-eye eye on the context of Barbara in the comic book itself, but you, you, you're, you're voicing an opinion uh, shared by many as far as this animated treatment of the character. No, even goes. in the book. The book the book, thing on, the book criticism is, va- is very valid. It's been leveled at it for years. I didn't say it wasn't valid. I'm just saying we don't see eye-to-eye eye on Fair it. Fair enough. As in the same but- way we don't see eye-to-eye eye on the end of the book uh yeah well hang on that well that's we're 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 running kind of long here we're running long but again for another
1: episode that ending can go either way that's all i'm gonna say
0: um but now we get into the actual part of the animated film that is based on the book itself i've heard all that is great it's good it kind of lacks the emotional punch of the book only because the animation style is like kind of a a little more detailed version of the classic animated series style.
1: Yeah, Bolin's work is Bolin's art is
0: so detailed and just beautiful to look at. He's,
1: he's that dude can draw.
0: <laughs> and yeah, and the emotion in that story is conveyed through the artwork.
1: Very much, very, very much.
0: Where in like The Dark Knight Returns, in my opinion, the emotion is conveyed through the words. Not to say the artwork in Dark Knight Returns is bad. Just say that with Killing Joke, it's more through the artwork than it is the words, even though obviously the words are an important part. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but yeah, the the Killing Joke part of it was okay, except for a brief musical number that kind of took me <laughs> out of the the story for a bit. But yeah, it kind of like the emotional punch. Um, so I would have liked to seen them do this as like Batman: The Killing Joke and other tales. Just do the killing joke as, like, a 45-minute piece, and then do, like, one or two shorter stories sure, okay. after that. Like, the ego story that Darwin Cook did with Paul Dini uh, some years back. That's a very short story. You could have done that. So, yeah. Um, it's It was good, but still a kind of a disappointment for what I was expecting. Okay. Do
1: a better job, Warner Brothers. That's my... I guess that... that, that that's the message of the show. That's do my message. Do a better job. Don't... Because, unfortunately... I I I think anyway that they have more of a bad rep in this area than their distinguished competition at Marvel. Yes. Um, Yeah, distinguished competition. Yeah, I see what I did there. Uh, And I think that they have a history of it, and I think they need to. They get whatever whatever is going on over there. They got to change it because it's just you got to do a better job. You just got to.
0: Maybe Wonder Woman,
1: as I say this, will be the catalyst for change.
0: Will be the 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 movie that turns the tide. I hope so, and I and company wide. Yeah, I hope.
1: Again, we want these movies to be good. I want all of it to be good. We want them to be good. More the merrier. So, can we crush an episode recap in like fifteen minutes? That is the question.
0: Probably not, but yeah. Sorry, I apologize to your listeners. Length of this episode is my fault. Notes, notes, notes are being taken out. Okay, but we, we can do
1: it. Maybe we can. Maybe we, maybe we can.
0: Daredevil episode four, titled World on Fire, which is also the title of a Sarah McLachlan song. I did not know that. I like Sarah McLaughlin.
1: I know she makes me sad when her commercials come on TV.
0: Oh, God. I can't watch those commercials. I know. Those, those like SPCA commercials. Yes. You they, know me, dude. No, I'll, oh, geez. We're all about dogs. You show me a an suffering animal, I will break down. Oh, God. Change the channel quick. Yep. Yeah. Damn those things. Okay. She's like,
1: hi, I'm Sarah McLaughlin and I'm about to ruin your day. <laughs>
0: damn it, Sarah. <laughs> And that song she did for Toy Story 2. Oh, boy. If you can get through that song without opening your wrists, you've got something good going for you. <laughs> all right. We're going to open up
1: in uh, the bathroom, and Claire gets out of the shower. Yep. And she's looking in the mirror, and she's all banged up a little bit. And then, as I note, I still think you look good, Claire.
0: Exactly. She, you know.
1: Sorry. She Can't
0: wears bruises well. That sounds weird, but it's <laughs> not as a compliment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh Lord," said said the Warner maybe, Brothers DC guy over there. <laughs>
0: maybe hey, now. Hey, I
1: kid, I kid. Maybe at that park.
0: <laughs> okay, Spied. so Claire comes out of the bathroom. We see that she is actually at Matt's place. Uh-huh. Aha! Yeah. So did the, the, they? Well, the Russians know uh, where she is, so she's got to have a place to hang uh-huh. out. So why can't she hang out at Matt's place? Because she know Matt's, you know, the the man in black. Matt. Matt. Matt.
1: Um, but he does uh, go over her wounds, actually. And yes, this is an interesting care. bit of exposition because he's taken care of her now. She's been assaulted by the Russians. And um, we get more insight into Matt's powers. We and get, like, we get a, a
0: first really full, in-depth explanation and visualization. And
1: I think the only visualization this season. Yes. Could be of, wrong, but I think so.
0: I think so. Yeah, I think you're right.
1: Of Matt's powers. So he can hear the fractures in her bones. Yes. He can taste copper from blood in the air, and immediately you're like, my God, this guy can hear heartbeats, he can he can taste yeah. changes in the air pressure, and he explains to her how he can see without seeing.
0: He sees. It, he says all kinds to come together to form an image. Right. She asks, what does the image look like? And then we see the image, and he says, a world on fire. That's the title of the episode. Too. Yeah, Exactly. And it looks like a very uh, like flame. Outline. Very different than the movie. Do you think I had a question written down here? Do you think the series should have done more of this? More <sighs> visualization of his powers.
1: I feel like it should do it only if only if it's pertinent to the plot. I, I, that's a weird thing to say. No, um, I get what you're saying. Like if if Matt needs to, if there's something that no one else can see in the room but it's relevant information maybe to do it but I I actually like that it's done sparingly I don't necessarily need to see it all the time Um, because the show does such a great job of showing him utilizing his powers in other ways subtly without holding your hand Uh, um, I don't necessarily need to see it all the time
0: yeah okay all right Uh, then after some uh, conversation back and forth we have our first kiss
1: Matt you hound Oh man, he! I, what did I say last week? Like a record. Yep, yep.
0: Uh, so Claire brings up the contradiction of lawyer by day, vigilante by night. I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, kind of a, takes a little bit of a jab at Batman, asking if he, he was a billionaire playboy. Ah. Wonder if she kind of lucked out. Thought that was kind of cool. But yeah, uh, the first kiss, clearly the tension's been brewing between them for a couple episodes now, and this was not unexpected. No, no. Uh, but it doesn't really go very much beyond that for the time being. We get into that later in the episode.
1: But she does uh, say that she heard a name from the Russians, that yeah. being Vladimir. So we then cut to Vladimir, right?
0: Well, uh, really quickly, no? Matt talks about going after Fisk, before she mentions Vladimir, mm. and Matt said, you know, if I can cut off the head of the snake, the body will die. Here's my question. Yeah. Does that ever work? Well, I'm not talking about, like, literally cutting off... Uh, clearly, if you cut off the head of a snake, snake's going to die.
1: I think but, what Matt is failing to take into account here is uh, consequences of that yeah, fallout. It's, like,
0: it's like it's like killing uh, Osama bin Laden and expecting it's going to end all terrorism. And well, that's just yeah, not yeah, yeah. realistic. No, So... Then, but yes, Matt's new with this. Matt is new with this. So as you mentioned, we cut to Vladimir. Now Fisk's offer to take care of the man in
1: black has been accepted. And yes. we find
0: out, and we see Vladimir's kind of falling in line a little bit because he he's about to say Mister Fisk, but then he stops himself and says, "Correct, your employer."
1: Right. Um, he he yeah he, he's falling in line, and um, Wesley. Is playing coy and says, hey, where, Where's your brother? I don't I didn't know. See your I haven't seen him. Um, obviously, the death has been pinned on Daredevil.
0: Yes. the One of his cronies comes in and says that they found him. Uh, they bring Vladimir to his brother's body, the not Willem Dafoe brother. That's correct. Uh, and they find a black mask. And his jacket. And it's Wesley, convenient, isn't it? Yeah, like, Wesley's like, he's sending a message. Oh, no, convenient, isn't it? Yeah, this was... I, I wasn't crazy about this whole...
1: I think this is a great episode, but that yeah, part... No, 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 that the part, was good.
0: That part, I was just like, eh, it's a really, week. you're putting a mask in there? It's a weak like, setup. It's a little weak. Yeah.
1: If they didn't think to say, like, oh, he's sending a message, I would have been like, that's dumb, but...
0: We'll, we'll give it to you. Yeah. So Vladimir is understandably upset and tells everyone, "Get out in the streets, find the man in black, bring him, bring him to me."
1: Yeah. Now um, <laughs> they are hosing down the cu- the truck. We <laughs> cut to the, the we cut to a, uh, a cleaning shopper vehicles. They're hosing down the brain and skull from the truck. Yeah. And as I am noting, as I as this show is making me do for some reason, I just made a note, um, another Pulp Fiction note. To be fair, Jimmy and Jules had a much harder time to cleaning up their they car did. than they than they have they here. Did
0: at the same time they weren't as as, as neat.
1: About. Um, no, it was a quick and dirty job, and it was also the full interior of the car. Whereas this is the yes. exterior mostly, so it's easy to yeah. hose down. Um, now Fisk shows up, and all the gang heads are there. So yeah, being Madame Gau, Owsley,
0: Fisk meeting with the crime families
1: right now he um confesses to the gangs that he took the dude's head off (laughs) they are not happy about it yeah um especially leland owsley he's so cranky he's just (laughs) all he does is complain um interesting note here he takes full responsibility but he says that he's gonna you know the russians are out we're gonna do
0: this anyway At some point
1: russians are out Everyone's going to get equal share now. Well, one more share basically yeah. is going to be split amongst Madame all Gow of
0: us. was vocal about this as well. I noticed. Well, the Russians were trafficking her, her product. Yeah.
1: They 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 owned the cabs that distributed the heroin. So um, now that they're done, she has a lot at stake. Fisk assures her that for, in the meantime, they're still going to do it. But once they're done, once they're out, out, Fisk is taking it over, and she's not going to miss. Business, business is not going to miss a beat. beat. Also, I should note that um, in this scene, Fisk and the hand, got, well, the Japanese guy, what was that? Yeah, it's Nobu. Nobu.
0: They 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 allude to a previous agreement. They kind of start laying the groundwork for what we see later. Uh-huh. A and little bit in this season.
1: Little, but next and season. And then next season yes, major spoilers. And then also with Fisk and Madam Gao, they clearly have a, a history of yeah, some kind. They go
0: into and obviously we find out a little bit more later in the season, but Fisk seems to have a respect for Gao that supersedes his respect for Nobu and Leland. No one respects Leland. <laughs> well, no, because Leland's a cranky old miser. Um, yeah. But you kind of see in the scene where the pecking order is from Wilson's perspective. Sure. Of the crime family.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, now... Uh, we cut back to what the Russian, the alleyway, the 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 the, the cab.
0: Yeah, great now, the cinematography Russian, in this scene.
1: The spinning inside the, the cab, spinning. Interesting camera inside the cab. Man. I wonder. I now much like I'm, I'm sorry, but the fight scene is awesome as it was in the hallway, one shot. But I know that they cheated a couple parts. Sorry, I'm a film nerd. um I wonder if they cheated anything in that revolving uh, camera shot inside the Cab. It was because that was really well done. Yeah, it was me was not very being cool. a
0: film nerd, it doesn't seem like they did. Uh, but yeah, basically, you're inside the cab for the whole time. There's a blind courier from Madame Gau. The Russians go in. The camera pans over. You see Matt. Russians and then come out. Action happens. Yeah, and then the Jekyllin. Um, Matt,
1: um, I, have to, I have to say, man, very reckless here. That poor that poor blind guy in the cab, dude. He gets him shot in the head. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and now we're, again, Pulp Fiction. Shot that are, shot in the head in the, in the car. Shot him off in the face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't know what happened. But they hit a bump or something. The gun just went
0: off.
1: Oh, my God. Don't get me started, um, please.
0: Yeah. We did guess yeah, whole podcast man. just on Pulp Fiction.
1: Then the cops show up conveniently after yeah. Matt beats some info out of uh, some Russian gentleman.
0: Yeah, he's Matt is looking at this point now is looking for Vladimir. Right. Vladimir the guy that the Matt's beating up says, eh, "Coincidence, we're looking for you too." Mhm. You, you killed Vlad's brother.
1: Then the cops arrive.
0: Yeah. And we have a parkour escape. He parkours up the wall. Runny, flippy, jumpy. <laughs> I'm okay with parkour because it's kind of like. Fine. I know it's kind of becoming an overused trope in action films, but. It's it practical. It works. Yeah, it works. It gives us a sense of stuff we've seen in comics all the time and how it might actually work.
1: For Daredevil, it works very well because yeah, he's a regular guy.
0: Yeah, without switching to like a CGI character or something like that. Um, Senior
1: Foggy. <laughs> then
0: we're at Nelson and Murdoch. Warm Home nelson and murdoch's offices are it's a, it can be, at least to me conveys a sense of warmth and welcoming sure no they're like, that's their gimmick when like you know we f- flash forward later in the episode we're at uh, we, uh and zach very cold
1: oh sure 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 corporate yeah yeah, yeah 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 yeah
0: so uh we're introduced to uh miss cardenas And her landlord is is trying
1: to force her out and strong Strong arm her out, slumlord, yada, yada. Um, So, as it turns out, the landlord is being repped by Matt and Foggy's old firm. They agree to take this woman's case, by the way, so they're going to stick up for her and try and get things back under control at her apartment, her apartment building. Apartment building.
0: Now, we see, one thing I noticed here, which is funny, I think they did this episode, we see a quick flirtation between Matt and Karen. Matt and Karen? Yes. When... The Miss Cardenas it? is speaking in Spanish. Yes, and Karen kind of can interpret her, mm-hmm. but Matt, far as it's clear that Matt is fluent in Spanish, mm. and Karen's like, "Well, would you like to do the interpretation or not?" And Matt's just very—it's very, very quick—and they move on and scene. And he's like, "No, I like the sound of your voice, ah, Matt." And then she gives a little look, and I'm just like, "Matt, you're not good at relationships." <laughs> Or
1: he's really good at them.
0: No, no see, yeah, that's the thing. I, I don't think it's that he's necessarily a player, per se. I just don't think he's good at relationships.
1: Well, he's lying to his best friend and, and his secretary... He's leading a double life. So, really yeah. relationships do seem to be a little I don't think he's straight at.
0: More and spoilers given his history with yeah. these sort of things. Um, so next we find uh Matt goes to the police station to uh, yeah. find some information on the slumlord and right. get some information from the cops. Now, while
1: we're there, we meet the Russian who was arrested in the alleyway.
0: Yeah, when Matt
1: beat him up, Correct. The cops took him away. And he says the name Wilson Fisk, and says he's going to give him up for a deal. Well, spoiler alert, folks, <laughs> the cops are dirty. <laughs> Fisk I, has a long reach.
0: I like the little exchange between the two cops. All right, whose turn is it? Is it your turn? No, it's not no, no, no. last no, time. You did it for that thing, and that one's, oh, dang, that's right. Okay, fine, it's my turn. And then they do a whole stage, he's going staged. for my gun. Yep. Um... And then they shoot him. And then they, yeah, then they shoot him. And they say, you shouldn't have said his name. Yep. And then just shoot him. And Matt hears everything that's going on.
1: But he can't do anything about it.
0: He, can't, he moves to act, but by the time he, he realizes what's going to happen and moves to act, Too late. It's done. Yep. Very done.
1: Now we are, after that, uh, we go to the big bad law firm.
0: Yeah. Where, where Matt and, and Zach, which <laughs> is going to appear in a future Marvel Netflix series.
1: There you go. Um, so, Foggy and Karen go to meet with the representative for the Slumlord, and, uh, sup, Marcy?
0: Marcy! What's up, Marcy? Now, you see Foggy, and we've discussed the kind of person Foggy is. Yeah. He's the likable sidekick guy to, you know, the alpha male in the room. Right. Well, Marcy tries to tries to strong-arm him. Yeah, Marcy is, appears to be, like a woman who was a captain of the cheerleading squad in high school. Yeah,
1: but she's a shark lawyer, too, though.
0: Yeah, very attractive, very intelligent, you know, busty blonde, whatnot. And turns out
1: her and Foggy have a history.
0: A little bit, but we'll get to that in a second. Foggy proves, again, that he's not just, you know, the lovable sidekick. Foggy is an adept lawyer. Yep. He's good at what he does. Yep. Because he... Just kind of verbally beats up Marcy. Tears after, into her, man. After she threatens him, saying this case will never go anywhere. You don't need to represent this person. Just get him to take the payout. Yep. I like how they give Foggy these little moments where we can see that he is a serious character in a serious profession. Yes, he is. And he knows what he's doing.
1: He sure does. And when he, when he verbally basically demolishes Marcy, uh, my notes here, and I believe you will concur, Marcy sploosh.
0: <laughs>
1: Marcy. And I don't think what? Marcy's seen that side of Foggy before, and I mean, she liked it,
0: maybe a little bit of Karen too, because they both kind of seemed like it was a good hey. moment for Foggy. Oh, it was a good moment. Yeah, Marcy was definitely in heat
1: for Foggy. Um, the temperature and the humidity rose, my friend. Yes.
0: <laughs> so and then we cut to Foggy and Carrie going to help Miss Cardenas in yeah, her apartment.
1: You know, it's a noble fight, but after seeing it. Lady, move. Just get, just move. Yeah. It. No one to cut bait.
0: I get it. I get someone wanting to stay in a place that's been their home for probably a good long time. Um, yeah, 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 home is home. I, I feel yeah, you. Yeah, I get that. Um, then we find out that like Foggy and Karen are apparently like you know Handy? carpenters and electricians and plumbers. Well, they know people. Yeah, they know people. They're calling in kind of the the resources to to get them. Let's get, get the place up to back snuff. On their feet. Right. Yeah. They're not just lawyers. They're friendly lawyers. Yep. They'll fix your house. Exactly. (laughs) Now we find the cop who shot the Russian stepping outside to answer his phone, and Matt shows up and questions him quite intently. Quite intently. About Um, Fisk.
1: Yes. Uh, Gets that info, and the cop doesn't give up much, though. No. But Matt does take his phone. Yes. After kicking him in the face.
0: And breaking his leg. Yes. Apparently.
1: Correct. Um, Or at least
0: a very bad hyperextension.
1: Matt knows how to inflict pain. Um, now we go to... Uh, Wilson and Vanessa, part two. Part two. And as I note here, sub Vanessa? Vanessa is a very attractive woman. Um, very in HD. M- m- mind you. Um, She's got a little bounce on her, man. <laughs> was, this, was, was this produced by SNK? Is this, oh, is this Art of Fighting? <laughs> I'm sorry to say that. Anyway... What's up, Vanessa? And I think Fisk, you know, Fisk is very taken with Vanessa. Fisk very
0: can, taken with it's Vanessa. It's very clear that he's, because like you said, he doesn't do this a lot. And y- he strikes you as a character who does not, who literally not only does not do that a lot, but he doesn't fill his bed with like prostitutes or something like that. we know of, like that. but it doesn't seem like he would. Yeah. He just seems very awkward around women, and he feels comfortable opening up to Vanessa.
1: Yeah, I have some notes about that later. We'll, we'll talk about that.
0: Yeah, they're in. A, they're they're in like a restaurant that they bought, the the bought out the whole place. Bought out the whole place
1: because he wants to be alone. Yep. Um, so
0: flash out of that we'll come back to that, and we see one of our old favorite characters, Turk. Turk.
1: Oh, also, I have a note. The the, the Vladimir is is washing his brother's corpse, his headless brother's corpse. Dude, look, I know there's dignity involved in everything, but there's also practicality to be considered. The man has no head. That little cloth he's using, that bloody cloth, that ain't gonna work, man. You just, just hose him down. like
0: a shamwow,
1: dude. Even a shamwow <laughs> in this instance here is not gonna work. I, I, I understand he's your bro, but man, just 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 hose him down. Yeah. Anyway, Turk is ratting out Fisk, yo. Turk is... Playing the angles. Yeah. So we Turk think. Turk wants to
0: get that money. So the Russians want to go to war. Yeah. And they want to find where Fisk is. Um, yep. So he tells... Vladimir tells Turk to put the word on the street, million dollars for anyone to tell me where Fisk is.
1: Yep. Now we cut to Matt and uh, Matt's apartment. And he hands yes. the cell phone to Claire, who tells him what's on... I <laughs> It's got to be a pain for Matt and with cell phone. The cell phone yeah. age, man.
0: <laughs> he can't. He can't read the screen for obvious reasons. Oh. Uh, Claire's going through the cell phone, giving him what little information is on it, and then addresses. Matt, yeah, and then Matt is all ready to go back out and do that daredevil thing when Claire's like, "But wait, why?" Because he has to. Because he has to. This is what he has resolved his life to be. Correct. This is the decision he has made. Um, Matt, you know, obviously we have, you can compare him to another character we just, we were discussing earlier, Batman. Batman is resolved. That is what his life is. That is the only thing that matters. That is what is. Yes. Whereas Matt kind of tries to have his cake and eat it too. He does. He wants to be able to pursue his life as what will eventually be Daredevil. But at the same time, he also believes he can have normal life, with normal relationships. And for the first time, we see Daredevil coming between Matt and a woman.
1: Yep. And it won't be the last time.
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> kind of like that old classic uh, shot that's been used in Spider-Man comic a bunch of times. Like you see Peter walking away from a woman and like a faded Spider-Man standing <laughs> sure, between them sure. with his arms outstretched, pushing them away from each other. So, yeah, the, what would have been a relationship between Claire and Matt is squashed in the scene and done away with for now. Yeah. Don't
1: put a past Matt to, yep. you know, come back around. Then um, then we're, we're back at, we're back in the restaurant now. Um, Vanessa is being very honest with, with, with Fisk here. <laughs> she relays that she has been with a lot of dudes Yeah, because they find her attractive, obviously. And she's an art dealer and money power. She's, she's been with powerful guys. Um, Wilson is very perturbed at this. Look, Wilson, buddy, they can't all be they can't all be angels, buddy. <laughs> I hate to tell you,
0: there was there was a line, a little bit of fan service I took out of here. Me that too. Was really I, funny. Ascot, uh, ascot, the ascot, the ascot. <laughs> so Vanessa mentioned the the guy that she's talking about in this particular scene, who you know tried to seduce her. Yeah, she stopped him anyway. Said he was wearing an ascot,
1: and Wilson remarks that it's. Ascot's a bit much. A bit it? much. Folks, spoiler alert. In the comics, the Kingpin has been known for many, time, many, many decades to be an Ascot man.
0: Yeah, not so much anymore. No. He's a suit and tie guy. Yeah. But, yeah. Look up Kingpin comic book design online. Did John Reese Davies wear an Ascot? No. Damn it. Well, eh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to find out when we review that for the show, oh, which is going to happen. All right. We're on, we're on
1: Ascot Watch. Um so he he's he's a little eh, uncomfortable about about her past, but you know what? Like I said, man, especially when you get older. My God, it's, yeah. Look, dude,
0: we are both fortunate to be married to wonderful, wonderful yes. women. But I've known some friends of mine who've had to be out there. Oh, to use the modern parlance, uh, it's not fun. Hey, man, at
1: this age, people have people have seen some action. You're not going to find the one person hiding that's been hiding in the closet chased for 40 years. <laughs> it's very unlikely. Although I have to, I have, I have a feeling that Wilson might be that guy. Just putting that Quite out there. Possibly. Just putting that out
0: there. Another note I have from the scene. This is the second time Wilson uh, motions to his cufflinks,
1: which are talked about. They are his father's.
0: Yeah, he mentions he wears them every day. Father, wears them every day, and we're going to learn very much about his father in an upcoming episode. Yep. Big De- time. Yeah, definitely. Now, Fisk knows
1: that, that Vanessa has a gun in her purse. And she tells him, do I need it? Yeah. And he basically says, no, as long as you're with me, you're safe.
0: Yeah, Vanessa is like, do you think me... She says something in the effect of, do you think me stupid enough to come here with you and not know she knows the type of person yeah. that you are, the type of business you do? She's basically saying, listen, I know you're a criminal. Yep. I know you're mafia or whatever.
1: Yep. But... That don't mean... Yeah, she's drawn to him, she's but very drawn she
0: to him. also understands, you know, gotta be safe.
1: Yes. Now, uh, Fisk goes off and says, you know, all this stuff about he doesn't like being, you know, what he is, and he doesn't like inflicting pain on people, and it's all a means to an end, and yada yada. You know, he might believe that, but I don't believe it.
0: It's He, he kind of bears his soul for himself and his vision for the city and the sure. scene, and... Yeah, you kind of got to ask yourself, is Fisk being 100% honest here?
1: I think he thinks he is, but deep down, that yeah. dude likes inflicting pain. That's yeah. how he gets to that yeah, position. And,
0: and we see in that episode that we mentioned that's coming up when they give us Fisk's background why he may like inflicting that pain. Sure. Yep, so, big time. Yeah, but this is another one of those scenes that kind of develops Fisk more, gives us more insight into Fisk. Uh,
1: <laughs> Sorry, I'm reading my note for the next scene where I've, Foggy declares to uh, Karen that Matt dates a lot. Ha! Yeah, yeah. You have no idea.
0: Really quickly, before we get started. I've got a note here, my last note for the date scene. She gives over the gun to him. My note is, Vanessa surrenders more than the gun. She, in this motion, I think... She's not just giving up the gun to him. She's giving up her fear of him. Yes. Yes. To him. It's, it's, it's a molly. Yeah. She's saying, listen, I don't, I was afraid of you when I walked in. I'm not afraid of you anymore.
1: Yep. Now we go to the dinner basically at, Uh, at, at the old lady's house. Poor foggy. And, uh, foggy. Well, it's a little weird here, because they talk about Matt. So yeah. he's got a thing for Karen, she's got a thing for him, kind of, but she's also
0: trying to, I don't know, she's she's yeah, prying they, for Matt, too. They set up earlier in a very quick scene flashback that we kind of skipped over that Miss Cardenas is trying to set them up on a date. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Foggy is all for that. I think Foggy, up to a point in this, is doing fairly well. And it looks like, to a point, that Karen is... Like not full blown, but she's reciprocating in some manner, but as you mentioned, the conversation gets too mad.
1: Yeah, see, and, and, and then as, they as do the face woman. feeling. Like that's so weird. And I it have notes like, in here and I can't say it because we keep this show clean, but What's, what are you doing, Karen? What are you doing to poor Foggy here? This is this is messed up.
0: Don't do that to the guy. Karen is like using tone deaf. Foggy to role play as Matt. Yeah, it's it's a little. I didn't like the scene for the character of Karen.
1: Well, it, it's fine. It's just I feel like they've set up more flirtation between her and Foggy at the moment than her and yeah. Matt. So her playing both ends right now is it's a little soon.
0: Yeah, it just it kind of hurts her character a little bit as like a likable person. Totally. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It it, it puts a little
1: a little uh, chink in the armor here. But but what you know whatever it's okay. So we're going to war. The Russians are ready for war. But as they're loading up their guns and stuff and they're all getting amped up and ready to go, uh, Madame Gao's heroin dude comes over. Yeah. Goes into the room, goes into the building, and and then he, well, Well, I'm sorry,
0: go on. As he goes into the building, Matt also shows up at the same time and gets into a fight with the dude out front. This dude got a little skill to him, so he's giving Matt a bit of a problem.
1: Well, it's not going to matter in a second. But, as you were saying. Um, Well, the dude explodes. He exploded. He blows up the entire building.
0: Um, boom boom. goes the dynamite lucky
1: matt was outside and not uh hit by the blast directly although he is under some rubble and a russian fellow when he wakes up
0: yeah he used the russian as a shield to the door that was hurled at him by the explosion but spoilers it's not just that building because then another building blows up yes
1: remember those addresses we talked about yes the address on the phone well all those buildings blow up yeah note for you This scene, particularly when, um, I have comments here, when Vanessa and Fisk are overlooking the city, or at least that portion of it now blowing up, Yeah, give you a little Devil's Night Crow feeling, didn't it? A little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit.
0: Quick background to your listeners, among the many things that Drew and I are big fans of, uh, J.O. Bars, The Crow, uh, both the comic book and the film. We are huge, huge, huge fans. Good stuff. It was kind of my catcher in the rye back in high school. Yeah, I saw it many, many, many times. Anyone who went to high school with me could tell you, dude like the crow. (laughs) And a great
1: soundtrack, too. Um, So
0: good. Um, And now, as I will note here, as these buildings are
1: blowing up, including the building right next to uh, Foggy and Karen's client, Building, Yes. So they're kind of sort of injured in this attack. Um, Fisk and Vanessa are overlooking the carnage. Yeah. Vanessa and,
0: sees Fisk's power on display.
1: Yes, she does. And as I have a note here for the second time in this episode,
0: sploosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know what? I think it's, I don't think it's as much that. Oh, I do. <laughs> I think that like... Vanessa, because Fisk gives an explanation that is not a hundred percent honest, but also not a hundred percent false either. And Fisk is like, Did you hear the story about the little boy that was you know, kidnapped by the Russians from his father and so on and so forth? Those are the pe- the people yes. in those buildings are the people who did that. And Vanessa kinda has a moment, at least from my interpretation of it, she has a she moment paused. Where she just she kind of gives in to that voice that all of us have that, whether, and not to make this political or anything, but, you know, capital punishment, whether you're with her or not, she kind of gives in that darker side of her self saying, you know, good. good. Yep, yep, yeah.
1: yep, yep. And again, sploosh.
0: Yeah, she gives in the, that, and she also, she gives in, the this is, I think, kind of the last act that Fisk does that fully wins her over.
1: <laughs> she likes power, man. Anyway, so Turk is working some angles here. As we find out,
0: Turk gets a payday. Good old that whole, Turk. That whole ratting out Fisk thing. He no, was supposed to do that. He was set up. Wesley gives him that fat cash.
1: That's right. Someday, uh, Turk. Someday, he, Turk. You're going to have your moment in the sun. If the Bendis run in the comics has taught me anything, it said Turk will get his chance. And I got bad news; it doesn't go well. He's,
0: he's, yeah, he's a bad guy, but you know what? He's the lovable. Bad he guy. is a
1: lovable bad guy, you which don't is like weird. To see
0: him do well because you know what? Does he ever directly try to hurt anyone? Well, he nah. did. He, he had the taser
1: with the with the with the women in the first episode
0: yeah. <laughs> in the shipping container. Yeah, but he's somehow lovable. He was going to give him a bucket. True, that that's a caring soul right there. It, as As much as
1: a <laughs> as much as a caring soul, a criminal can be in this instance. Yeah. Sure, something about Turk is lovable, though. It's really strange.
0: It really is. So, uh, Matt, Vlad survived the explosion. Yeah, he's running away. Matt's Matt, not going
1: to let that happen, though. Yeah,
0: Matt tracks him down, lets the devil loose on him for a little bit. Um, the Roy is about to kind of give him the final knockout punch. The cops show up. Matt puts his hands in the air. Episode ends.
1: That's that's it. To be continued, and uh, no flashbacks this episode. Right? Is that a first? Well, that that's a first. Yes. Yeah. First episode without a flashback. That is wow. Took good. him took him five episodes. Good catch, sir. I try. I try.
0: So, what'd you think? Any parting thoughts on the episode?
1: Uh, I, I actually, in reviewing this episode, it's a, it, I like this one a lot. It's really good. Um, yeah. The, the the to be honest the. Um, the fisk Vanessa stuff is the is the is the best stuff in it, yeah you get a lot of really good character moments between the two. You see them kind of come together. you get a lot of background on Fisk and his motivations and the kind of person he is and his machinations being you know put into play. Good episode from that uh perspective from a character development
0: standpoint. It, it seems that Matt's character development has kind of momentarily plateaued
1: well he's on a mission right yeah, now he's Matt, got one we focus know
0: who Matt is and what he's doing so on and so forth yeah. the character developments of those characters around him Fisk Vanessa Foggy Karen uh, continues to be that unexpected surprise of the show for a first time viewing. You know, yeah, the show's called Daredevil, but we're getting a lot of really great characters that are getting flushed out.
1: That's the beauty of having a television show is that you can you can do yeah. that. You have time to expand all these all this stuff and really get into their into the relationships and and how it works and you get invested. Whereas a movie you have, you know, you got 2 hours or so to kind of make it yeah. all work and like, like Batman versus Superman had about a zillion elements they had to introduce and make jibe and it didn't work. So Daredevil's got 14 episodes to kind of get all this stuff put into play, and they they do a great job of doing that. You get get to spend a little time with everybody and understand everyone's motivations so that when the payoffs happen, they're really satisfying and they're really good.
0: Awesome. I agree. Um, Any closing thoughts on our episode here? This one is... Another bigger one, but... Oh, so much. So much. I haven't heard any complaints from the listeners yet. Okay. But, dear listeners, if you do want to (laughs) complain... (laughs) <laughs> Please do. If Lord you wanted, knows I, w- I would. If you want to complain, if you want to ask us questions that we can read on the air, if you want to just communicate with us, we will communicate back to you. You can follow us um, on Twitter at Devil's Dew Pod. You can search uh, the Do on Facebook or Facebook.com slash Or you can email us your questions, which will get read right on the air, whether As they you be out. about the show or personal matter. But not too personal because you know post-it notes that's not something the gentleman discusses in polite society uh you can email us at the devilsdewpod at gmail.com thank you so much for joining us for another episode courts adjourned don't do it don't do it carl i could uh, change
1: if i could change you could change everyone can change you He's did? in Guardians. Come on,
0: you gotta, you gotta give it to me here. Okay, yes, yeah. Sylvester Stallone <laughs> is officially in the Marvel universe, but he is not in Daredevil. Which, contrary to everything else on this show, this show is about Daredevil. The first half
1: begs to differ <laughs> today, but I court, court, court's a turn, court's a turn.